Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. most favorite best ever podcast of the entire world of your entire life it's the athletic fantasy football podcast wednesday edition and i'm doing my best to do a nando defino intro impression here of course you can probably tell a little bit different of a voice michael beller here with you on this wednesday stepping in for the ever present great dadding nando defino who is on paternity leave right now so uh, i'm going to shepherd you through this episode of course Got my usual counterparts with me on Wednesday, as always. Chris Vaccaro. Vaccaro, what's up? Beller, what's going on, man? Yeah, you're pinch hitting, uh, Fernando. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you'll give uh, multiple trade offers for the same <laughs> player and a lot of Deontay Foreman talk today. I mean, would we have it any other way? Uh, if nope. I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna be uh, Nando's Lenny Harris, then I gotta, I gotta do it right. And if I'm gonna be that pinch hitter, gotta absolutely do it right. Also with us, of course, Brandon Marianne Lee. Brandon, what's going on? Yo, yo, yo! Double digits. <laughs> is that is that a week reference the, to the week? Is that is that the double digits that we're going? That's for right. Here? It's our time. Yeah. We're double digiting. We mm. we are double digiting week ten. You flies, guys, week doesn't 10. it? It yeah, really it just does. Flies. Yeah. No matter how long we do this, and we, we I, you know, I know we say it every year, but it just it does. It feels like it every year that it's like, man, you know, we're already like deep into the second half of the fantasy season of the actual NFL season. It's. It just it's just moving right on by. We're a couple weeks away from Thanksgiving. It's it's crazy how this uh, how these seasons always just move right past us. We're going to talk about I think a bunch of fun things on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We're going to look back at some offenses that struggled in Week Nine and judge how worried we are about them. Could be not worried at all. Could be very worried. We'll talk about a couple of offenses in that way. We're going to talk about James Conner. Going to talk about Mike Williams. Going to talk about some players that had standout performances in Week Nine, be it good or bad, and and how worried or excited. We are about those players, uh, so it's a good, good full episode. Let's jump right in, guys. I want to start with those offenses. Five offenses that we are typically relying on in fantasy that we feel good about all the principles in week in and week out. They all struggled in week nine. Some of them have been struggling before week nine, and I want to go into this, you guys, with a scale of one to five. With one being it's one week, who cares? I'm not worried at all. And five mm-hmm. being. You know what? If I can sell out for 80 or 90 cents on the dollar, I am happy to do that on the principles in the offense. That's what we're going to look at here. Scale of one to five, five offenses. Let's start, you guys, with the Kansas City Chiefs. 13 points on the board against the Packers in Week 9. A game they probably lose if Aaron Rodgers is out there for the Packers. They come away with a win, but I don't know. Vaccaro, I mean, this offense has looked like a shell of its former self for weeks now. Oh, totally. I think it's a broken offense, uh, to be honest with you. And teams, you know, we spoke about it uh, these last couple of weeks. We've touched on it. Teams have just figured it out. And the blueprint was was built with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl last year. And, uh, you know, the safeties are just playing them deep. They want uh, the Chiefs offense to dink and dunk you down the field. 
you you really don't see those you know seventy odd bombs down the down the field to Tyreek Hill. Uh, you know, once or twice a game connecting. Um, it's it's very uh, it's very concerning. And what happened here to Patrick Mahomes? You know, the fantasy fantasy world's uh, you know number one quarterback off the board in every draft. Uh, people were taking him as early as the second round. He was basically a third rounder. And it's just every week. Uh, what did he throw for this week, Beller? I don't know. 169? One, yeah, on like 40-something attempts, too. Like it was, it was mean, like a four-something yard per attempt performance. Unbelievable. I mean, when do you think you're signing up for Patrick Mahomes in fantasy? If you take that quarterback early every year, you're like, all right, at least I locked in my 300-plus passing yards and three touchdowns every week, which you think you're getting with Mahomes, but... Oh my God! It's uh, you know I even I've even heard the last couple of days people saying, "Do you even play Mahomes? Do you bench him now at this point?" It's fantasy football, is such a crazy game, and, and I think that's probably the number one sign that it's so crazy is people are actually talking about benching Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So if I had to put a number on it, Beller, I'd have to say we're right at a four or a five in terms of concern for uh, the Chiefs' offense. Maybe a full blown five. 166 yards, four and a half yards per attempt in that game against the Packers. And now last three games, zero touchdowns, one touchdown, one touchdown. And that's just, I mean, even when things are going, quote, bad for Mahomes before this stretch, you never expect to see numbers like that. And now it's just a reality that we're talking about here. Uh, Brandon, are you sounding the alarm bells on this team right now? Yes-ish. This is also a technique question. This is why you don't pay up for quarterback. I just... You know, he's number six on the season overall, um, but he hasn't had a bye yet. Mm -hmm. Three of the people above him have. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) that includes Tom Brady, who, um, again, was way down there. He's had his bye week, still number one. Okay. Ridiculous. Uh, I just, I feel like this is is why we don't do this. Okay. And um, how many. September was great, Brandon. That's the crazy part is that's why he's still number six was. You know, he got off to a great start. Yeah. He was he was earning his capital there in September. He was three touchdowns every week. He was week. actually good through week six-ish. Yeah. He had yeah. one like 20, just just 20, but then everything else. Um, but he's only had three games all season over 300 yards, and two of them were weeks one and two. So the the actual yardage is is terrifying. And I think that he knows he needs to get back to some basic fundamental stuff. Every pass does not need to be off your, you know, front foot jumping backwards with your opposite hand kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, okay, I know that that's like fun for the announcers, but mm-hmm. um, it's also fun for the opposing defenses. <laughs> and Certainly it's not been. what he should be doing. And sometimes I'm like, this is unnecessary. You don't need to do that. Just like, you know, plant your feet and throw the ball. Like, just just try. Uh, you know, it's fine. Um, it's not like he's a total bust. I want to be really clear. This is not some sort of Allen Robinson conversation that we're having here. But I do think this is about technique. Again, moving forward, this is why people do not spend up on quarterbacks. And I just think we're living that life. I will say this last thing on, on this Chiefs offense. The mm-hmm. failure for them to get a, a number, uh, a third big-time option in this offense in the past game, I think it's starting to affect them. Yeah. You know, like McCall Hardman has never come on now to be what maybe they mm-hmm. hope. I don't know if they've uh, really felt the effect of losing Sammy Watkins this year, um, but they just have a bunch of guys, Pringle, Demarcus Robinson. 
It's nobody for the defenses to be worried about. Right. It's defenses could focus in on Hill and Kelsey. They're taking one of them away every game. Uh, they seem defenses seem from what I see to be saying, all right, Tyreek Hill, you could catch your 10 balls a game for seven, eight yards across the middle, but you're not going to beat us deep. So, you know, Kelsey and Hill's stat line every week should, if Mahomes just took what the defenses gave him and, and, and was patient, they should catch 10 balls every week underneath the, all the, you know, all the coverage that these defenses are playing. But you know, it's 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 I guess tougher for them to adapt, uh, you know, to adjust to. Off of that point, let me just quick sidebar before we talk about this next offense. Odell Beckham rumored as being mm-hmm. very interested in Chiefs, Packers, and Saints. Uh, if we're narrowing it down to those three teams, I mean, you know, Fakaro, he could easily fit that sort of player. Exactly. He could be that kind of guy. If you're holding Odell Beckham, where are you hoping he ends up? Assuming it's one of those three. I've been on my hands and knees praying for Green Bay since, uh, you know, all the news broke about Beckham getting released. But I will say this. I did tweet this out days ago. I I think the two most perfect places for him to land are exactly where he's looking at, Green Bay and Kansas City. I think this is a perfect place. I think he's crazy if he goes to New Orleans (laughs) and he's going right back into – now, I get it. You know, he's from there. It's his hometown. But he's going to walk into a situation in the past game even worse than what he came out of here in Cleveland. So I don't even know how that's in the discussion for him. It should be Green Bay, Kansas City, or go take a seat at home on your couch. My problem is I don't think either of those places are going to offer the circumstance that Antonio Brown walked into with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. So I think that some people have this uh, an expectation that I think is maybe a little too high. He has been on the decline a, a lot longer than I think we're absorbing. I, I'm I'm concerned about Odell Beckham. It's, it's an interesting debate with the Beckham, Brandon. You know, I think everybody's split down the middle in terms of do you, you know, people see his numbers and they feel he's declining. And then you have the other half, which I fall into on the other half. I still think he's a very talented uh, wide receiver. I'm sure, he's fallen off a little bit from what he was when he was, you know, uh, four or five years ago. But I still think he could play a, a huge role as a wide receiver, too, which is exactly what he would be in either of these offenses. And if he goes to either Green Bay or Kansas City, he's got the big time quarterback that he can't run his mouth off to. He's got to play the good soldier. He walks in there. Uh, and he plays his role, and he shuts his mouth, and he's a part of the offense. He's not the man in either of these offenses, and I think that's exactly what he needs at this point in his career. And I think either of those two offenses get a huge boost by putting Beckham in there. I'm worried emotionally that is the problem, is that he wasn't the man in in Cleveland either. They were run-first team. They didn't care. You know, and I, I, I do wonder if that is the problem, if he needs to be the man to have that kind of uh, level of output, fantasy-wise at least. Again, this is a fantasy show. I don't really, mm-hmm. you know, not trying to get too into anything else here. I just, I wonder if that is the role that is best suited to him, and I'm not quite sure he's going to get that anywhere. And if Mahomes is struggling and Odell goes there and starts running his mouth to Mahomes, I mean, things could get raw, raw dicey fast. (laughs) So, I mean, maybe it does help him struggle less, but man, I really hope, I think it'll be very interesting to see how both of these coaches feel. I, the fact that he fell through all of waivers, um, I don't, you know, and he's kind of acting like he has the pick of the litter. I don't know if he does. So it'll be intriguing. I, I'm all for it. Listen, I mean, anywhere 
that you have Odell, you hold on to him and you hope mm-hmm. for the best. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's declined physically. I just think that there might be a role issue that he may not be able to find the right fit this year. But man, if he finds the right fit next year and gets a full off season and, and there's a really good energy, I'm all in again. I, I, I'm kinda, I kind of actually feel like I'm in the middle camp. I didn't even know I was a middle camp person, <laughs> but I am. I'm a middle camp on that. Uh, I think Green Bay or Kansas City could be very interesting for Odell Beckham the rest of this season. And so either one of those uh, I would be totally cool with for my OBJ shares. How about the Dallas Cowboys, you guys? First game back with Dak Prescott, so maybe we can give them a little bit of a pass, but was not expecting an egg that they laid uh, in any sort of way against the Broncos, especially at home. Uh, just yeah, Two weeks off for Dak. I mean, I don't know if I'm really concerned, but uh, Brandon, did you see anything in that game or anything come out of it that has you worried about Dak, the receivers, Zeke, anyone involved? Yes. I mean, what it is is that you have to monitor Dak Prescott's health like a hawk because if he's not healthy – just like last year, the the team will implode. I mean, it's very simple. This team runs through Dak Prescott. And I if he struggles at all, it's a massive issue. Now, I will say, the Denver Broncos, up until the last few weeks where they were just like disintegrating emotionally, um, they're a very good defense. So it's not like they were playing the Jags. <laughs> uh, but it is, it's tough to see because clearly – Dak has this whole team on his back in a way that I think makes me a little uncomfortable. But am I going to continue starting my studs? Absolutely. Is it weird that Malik Turner was the number one scorer on the fantasy <laughs> team or on the team, including above Dak Prescott? Uh-huh. Yes, that I did not like. But I'm still starting them. So to me, this is a a five or a one, but it is entirely dependent upon Dak Prescott's health. Sadly. Uh, this is this is totally a one for me. I'm not concerned at all with this team or this offense. This was the absolute perfect spot, and we see this in the NFL week after week, season after season. There's just certain spots on the schedule. Dallas was has been rolling. Um, you know, uh, you know, a bad loss was coming sooner or later, and and what better time than have a, a you know an AFC opponent come to your house. There's no rivalry. It's not a get-up game. You're coming off the emotion of, you know, the big Sunday night win the week before that you stole the game in Minnesota with your backup quarterback. You come back in. The offense is a little off. It's not clicking. You're, you're, you're without Tyron Smith. Um, Zeke gets a little banged up early on. You had both receivers coming into the game with nagging injuries. Yep. You don't know if they were, a hunt, you know, how close to – not going, they were. It was just the perfect storm of laying an egg. And we saw it not only with Dallas this past week, we saw it with multiple very good teams that we're, you know, we're talking about on this show. It was just one of those weeks. All the perfect storms came together for all these very good teams all on the same week. And uh, I'm not worried at all with this team. I thought it was very, very strange what McCarthy did. I was I I mean as a, a very heavily owned Dak Prescott owner I loved it because my day was saved fantasy wise on my Prescott teams with his two garbage time touchdowns <laughs> down the uh, down you know at the end yeah. of the fourth quarter that's why a Malik Turner was in because they cleared the bench but they kept Dak Prescott in who's had a, who has a calf injury. <laughs> I mean, and it's it the makes basis no of you being a Super Bowl contender too. I, I yeah. couldn't believe that, and that's what I'm saying. What are you this doing, Mike McCarthy? I'm sounding the alarm. Yeah, yeah you're down like... thirty to three. There's like seven <laughs> minutes left in the game. You clear the bench, but you're like, "Hey, Dak, I know you're hurt with your calf, but you don't come out." But I mean, that was mind-boggling. That was McCarthy at his finest, right uh-huh. there. 
Um, but I'm not worried at all on this uh, offense. I love, um, you know, they're getting Gallup back this week, it looks like. And hopefully that offensive line and Tyron Smith comes back as well. I still think this team's going very, very deep into the playoffs. Another team that I think fits this same sort of archetype for this uh, past week was the Rams. For me, it's a pretty clear, easy one. We'll give them a pass and we'll move on. Do either of you want to argue in a different direction here? No. No, I, I, you, yeah. you listen, I just am you worried know. about Daryl Henderson, that's all. Uh, yeah, he gets nicked up here and there. The only concern I'll say for the Rams is, and, and this isn't because Deshaun Jackson is out of the offense, there are... They could be in a lot of trouble if if Cup or Woods uh, well, gets yeah. banged up and misses some time. They need. I feel like they're that one extra piece in the passing game away from being like a super offense. But I will say I'm very surprised and uh, was caught off guard by how well Tennessee's defense mm-hmm. uh, is, uh, or at least you know better than I thought they were. So they played them the perfect way. Not concerned with that Rams offense at all. Yeah, yeah kind of back-to-back AFC defenses that are actually quite good. Mm-hmm. And right. I, I think that when you're in the NFC and you're not really attuned to these other teams, not that you're like, you know, being mm-hmm. lazy or anything, but it's just it's a different thing. You don't understand their tendencies and things like that. I just think this was pretty simple for both of them. Um, I will say, though, that um, I do think Van Jefferson is an interesting, mm-hmm. that third piece. Uh, I'd like to see him get yeah. more and more involved. But again, uh, you know, last three weeks, seven targets, six targets, seven targets. He's yes. getting in there. And uh, with against weaker defenses, I'd keep an eye on that. Yeah, Brandon, I, I write about Van Jefferson on a, like a weekly basis in my column. And he's just, he's <laughs> like on 90% of my fantasy teams. I, I actually get him in uh, most weeks in my, in, you know, in some of my lineups as a flex play. I just have such high hopes for Van Jefferson. And I think in that role, in that offense, he could play a really big role. And I think it's going to happen as the year comes on. There's no reason that Van Jefferson shouldn't be a five for 75 and a touchdown type of third receiver in a big time offense like the Rams. So I'm keeping, uh, you know, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for uh, Van Jefferson as a sneaky play every week. Trying to space out the teams that we're worried about and the teams that we're not worried about, I think we're all going to agree on this next one, that it's a, a team that I think there's good reason for concern with. It's the Cincinnati Bengals, and you know, yeah. this is just a, a dreadful performance against the Browns, uh, able to get a whole lot of pressure home on Joe Burrow, and the Browns are going to do that to a lot of off, uh, offenses, but this was still concerning in the way it unfolded. We've seen a couple of dud games from Jamar Chase in a row here. Tyler Boyd has really been sort of a non-entity when all three receivers have been healthy this season. And the schedule for this team, especially against the past, does not get any easier, you guys, over really the remainder of the season. We'll go to you first on this one, Vaccaro. Uh, mm-hmm. Burrow, the past, the, the receivers, how worried are you about these guys? I'll tell you, the guy who I'm the most concerned with to the point of he's unplayable is Tyler Boyd. You know, this mm-hmm. this offense, I thought it would be a, uh, you know, a three-man receiving offense where everybody's chipping in. It looked you know, for the first couple of months that Jamar Chase was the clear wide receiver one. But I didn't think Boyd would be completely, obliv- you know, completely written out of this offense the way he was. But then he shows up versus the Jets and gives, uh, I think it was 20 and a half fantasy points in PPR. Yeah. That, so was, that, guy, was a, that was a T. Higgins injury game, right? Uh, no, T. Higgins played in that game. I remember T. Higgins was like four for 100 in that game. All four, all, all uh, three receivers in that game versus the Jets had solid games. Um, but, uh, you know, I thought Boyd was back on the map there and I don't know when I'm going to be able to play him. Uh, you know, I'm trying to pick the right spots to, to get Boyd in. I did. I thought it would be a perfect 
opportunity this past week, and then he lays another dud. So going forward, Boyd's unplayable. Higgins is still a solid wide receiver two. Chase is still a solid wide receiver one. But you're right, Beller. It's you know the 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 schedule doesn't get any easier. They went through their last like four or five weeks of a, a friendly schedule, a, a fantasy schedule, mm-hmm. and now they're going to hit the tough one. Um, this was just a bad matchup for them. That Cleveland D line put a lot of pressure on Cincy's O line. That's their weakness. That's the Browns' strength. Um, Burrow's going to make mistakes. He's still young, uh, you know. But they came right down the field, opening drive. They looked like they were going to take a seven nothing lead and put their foot on the gas all day long. And then the pick six happens, and then everything spirals out of control. So I'll put the middle of the line, I guess. You know, uh, like a three. Mm-hmm. The uh, upcoming schedule by this week at Vegas, home for Pittsburgh, home for Chargers. I mean, that is not a very uh, mm-hmm. fantasy friendly next four weeks for the Cincinnati Bengals. Brandon, where are you at on this team? Well, you know, I I will say that I missed on Jamar Chase um, this year for sure, Uh, but that was because I was out on Cincinnati being able to support three stud-wide receivers, so I didn't take any. I don't have any of them anywhere. I don't have any feelings about them because I felt like this is a very young team. It would be up and down, and the schedule was tough. The division is tough. You have to have that in that division every single year, frankly. They're just – it's tough to play there if you are – that's why the Bengals have been such a hard organization to kind of get started, right? Because everyone mm-hmm. in that division is competitive. Even the Browns are competitive now. And then they just got completely whooped by the Browns. So, yowza. Um, but, you know, admittedly, again, I missed on Chase, no doubt. I'm not going to pretend like that was a good choice. But I think that the rationale is standing up. So – Sadly, it is what it is. I have a league where it is a 12-person league, but you're only allowed um, four, maybe five bench spots max, I think. Um, I am dropping Joe Burrow this week. Oh, really? um, Because I do not have space to hold him and everyone else that I need to have on the bench, and I'm going to stream instead because that's how I feel about his schedule moving forward. And if you only have four or five bench spots, I do not have space for him. And that is dramatic. I wouldn't suggest that for most people. But to me, that's that's the borderline where where some of this is at for his future schedule. So uh, I guess that'd be, what, the max? Is that five? So <laughs> I, I feel like fantasy-wise, it's going to be too inconsistent for me uh, moving forward. You obviously start Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. Where do, we have Joe, where do we have Joe Mixon ranked rest of season, guys? Low-end RB1? Uh, Low-end RB1? Okay. Yeah. I mean, at? listen. I, as a, as a huge, uh, everybody knows this about me. I'm I'm you know driving the Joe Mixon train. That's my guy. Uh, I've been very happy these last bunch of weeks. He gets in the end zone. He gave 28 fantasy points again mm-hmm. this week. And uh, you know that schedule that you just said, Beller, uh, with the Raiders and um, you know Steelers, Chargers. You uh, you know everybody's running all over the Chargers. Um, you know, maybe maybe they turn more to the run game as the game get, you know as the season goes on. The weather gets a little colder in Cincinnati. Maybe we see a more consistent Joe Mixon, and maybe he's here to stay as a never mind a you know a low end RB one. But with people going down left and right, maybe he's a top six uh, you know uh, RB uh, one here. Maybe he's top six. Well, look at the schedule too. So the only warm place they're going to play rest of season is at Las Vegas in week 11. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they're at home Pittsburgh, at home Chargers, at home San Francisco, and then they go to Denver, 
which can either be 60 degrees December 19th or a <laughs> snowstorm, uh-huh. and there's no in-between. Uh, and then they go back home to Baltimore, back home for Kansas City, and then at Cleveland. Literally, they're cold the rest of the season <laughs> after week 11. So it's right. intriguing. I think that's a very good point, Chris. Yeah, I know, I know fantasy playoffs, I've had my eye on that Bengals-Chiefs game, uh, mm-hmm. fantasy playoff-wise. There's certain games that when you look at the fantasy playoffs, you're like, Oh man, you you get a little excited about. I know the Chiefs aren't, uh, you know, what the Chiefs were, but in terms of uh, defensive wise, you know, that's a game you could see, uh, you know, maybe a thirty eight thirty five type of game. One more offense, you guys. This was the biggest head scratcher of Week Nine. Bills putting up six points <laughs> against the Jaguars. I, the I Manning mean, curse. It's not <laughs> yeah, head scratcher. Yeah, right. We know what it is. Yeah, that's that's, that's making the rounds now. That Manning curse thing. Yeah. It's uh, a clear reasoning. Right. Oh man. It's. Uh, I mean, this is a, this this is another one, Manning cursor. No, that I'm willing to just say, flush it and move on. I mean, I don't want to be I, like overblowing what one bad game for this Bills offense could mean. But we did see the Jaguars do something similar to them that we're seeing teams do to the Chiefs, and so yes. maybe, yes. maybe, right? There might be a little bit of reason for concern here. Uh, I, I got to flush this one down the toilet, though, uh, you know, like you're saying, Beller, I this was the biggest shock of the day. And, and in for, you know, foreseeable past, I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just watching the game and I'm like, how are they still stuck on six points here? When are they like, what is going on? And they just you think they miss, you know, Dawson Knox a little bit, but they have enough pieces in this offense here where, um, you know, they shouldn't struggle versus a team like Jacksonville to score. We just saw Geno Smith pretty much light up the Jags defense, uh, you know, the week prior. Yep. And Josh Allen and the Bills high powered offense doesn't come. You know, I, I've heard the argument that, you know, teams are now playing them similar, like you said, like with the Chiefs, but they don't run the ball. I think the, the Bills ran the ball eight or nine times mm-hmm. this past week. Yep. And defenses just don't respect the the run anymore. You know, you have the underneath guy with Cole Beasley to move the chains if they're trying to take away Diggs and Sanders and stuff. This team should never have a game like that. They probably just went down to Jacksonville. Maybe they, uh, you know, sat in the sun too long, <laughs> took the week off. I think they come back and bounce back big time versus the Jets, uh, you know, this this week. I'm, I'm just using as a one-week excuse. And also I'm going to say Josh Allen's much better at thinking and dunking than Patrick Mahomes. He's much more comfortable with the, this is the Emmanuel Sanders thing. There's other things. Okay, right. So he's he's good with his tight ends, with his, um, you know, short distance guys. I, I feel like that's okay. Also, Sean McDermott's a defensive guy. So I think he might just throw this tape in a fire mm-hmm. and then say, okay, this is what the defense is doing offense, and this is how you play against that. And yeah. we're going to stop this now. Whereas Andy Reid is an offensive guy, right? He's all like, you know, he's he's a mastermind. But like – I think Sean McDermott's going to look at this defense just like we are, and he's going to say, okay, fine, then we're going to do this instead because this is what beats this defense. I, I, I feel like there's a coaching advantage to that in a weird way. Um, so that's what I'm hoping for. I could be wrong, but I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to let it go. Mm-hmm. It was the Jags, and way to go, Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, this guy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that win. And I hope you feel good. Yeah. And maybe that's for the fantasy impact is that maybe – you know, the Jags can get it together, but uh, I'm going to throw it away. I, I keep waiting for the big Stefan Diggs blow up game. I, I mean, I feel like I've, I've written about it a couple times. Like this is the week where I think Diggs goes nine for 160 and two touchdowns. And it 
just hasn't happened. And Mm -hmm. as a fantasy uh, wide receiver that was drafted in the late first round, early second round, and definitely as a top three fantasy wide receiver off the board, I mean, I don't want to put the bust label on him. Uh, He's not a complete bust because he gives, you know, decent numbers every week, but not for what you paid for on the draft board this year. It's, you know, he's basically playing the role of a wide receiver two for your fantasy team and not the wide receiver one that you uh, spend up for. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, let's uh, move on to one of the bigger pieces of news that we saw in week nine. That is the injury to Chase Edmonds and the Mm -hmm. blow up from James Conner. Edmonds is going to be out at least three to four weeks with that high ankle sprain. With the way we know high ankle ankle sprains go, could be even more than that. So Mm -hmm. I want to do something where we fill in the blanks around James Conner. And what I mean by that is... Where does he fit in the running back rankings for the rest of the season? Who's right ahead of him? Who's right behind him? I mean, Brandon, don't we sort of have to be treating him as a running back one right now? Yes. Yes. This is three weeks of being a top 20 guy. Um, He had two weeks before that um, in weeks three and four where he had decent games as well. He had a little bit of a downturn with like 10 and seven points there in the middle. But like, yeah, I mean, the first two weeks were bad. And since then, he's been a legit running back so yes i mean he is uh i would say high-end rb2 probably rest of season mm-hmm. i mean who are i you- mean I, I don't even care what happens to edmonds to be <sighs> entirely frank i really don't i i just don't feel like that's where this team is going um uh, you know even with the share you know mm-hmm. i mean he had a good game you know two weeks ago edmonds and so did connor i i think he's legitimately part of this offense period end stop and as long as edmonds isn't there Absolutely. If you're if you're drafting from scratch today, knowing what we know about what the rest of the season looks like, what backs are you for sure taking over? Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara. You guys can stop me if you think any of these are wrong. Mm-mm. Aaron Jones, Zeke. Yeah, I take over. Nick that. Chubb. Oh, I'm taking all those guys over. Right? Connor, Najee, so yeah. far. Na- Najee Harris. Absolutely. Um, Daryl Henderson. No. Um, uh, McCaffrey. Yes. Of course. Um, let's see. Delvin Cook. Yes. So, I mean, I think that's where we're talking about him fitting in then. That's that's ten? nine guys. Nine yeah. guys, ten guys. Right? I mean, I mean I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think. Did we say yeah. mix in there, Bella? Or I don't remember. I did, if we... Yeah, I just said, yeah, I said mixing in there. Yeah. I mean, Brandon, I think, you know, I, low-end RB1. I, I said off the top, I, I think he's a low-end RB1 rest of season. Uh, I had him at round 10, 10, 11. So that's exactly, yeah, that's where that's where I see him. He's an RB1 rest of the season. And like you said, Beller, Chase Edmonds, 
three to four weeks. They just throw these three, four weeks, IR, here you go. Right, right. We're not seeing Chase Edmonds in the next six weeks, in my opinion. For a running back with a high ankle sprain, uh, no. You're you're done. And James Conner is the lead back rest of season. Now, can he handle the load is the question because – the fantasy numbers have been there for these last nine weeks. He scored 10 touchdowns this season, but he's had some weird stat lines where, you know, <laughs> he'll yes. only get six carries a game, but he'll fall in the end zone twice, you know? So fantasy, he's one of those guys, and I own a lot of Connor, which I'm excited about going rest of season. But every week for these first nine weeks, he's like, eh, can I get him and trust the volume that he's going to get? Well, you know, I'm going to, I'm. he's the definition of touchdown dependent. You know, these first nine weeks when you put them in your fantasy lineup. But now going forward, you know, sky's the limit here. We should be getting 20 touches a game. Yeah, but I feel like there's more dudes, though. I mean, would you take Leonard Fournette? Over I think I Connor, would. Over Connor? Uh, uh, yeah. I would take Connor, Brandon. Uh, but I think this is the territory where you start asking questions, right? Yeah. Would you take DeAndre Swift? That's a good one. Chubb? I would, I would a, have to take Swift. Chubb, I would, I would def, definitely Chubb. Chubb was so oh, yeah, no, 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 Chubb's, sure. an, okay. Chubb's an easy one. Okay. I think With I would Kareem go Hunt Connor comes over back. Swift. I mean, like, he's PPR, not though, you're talking, Beller? Full point PPR, right? We're talking? Yeah, sure. Sure. We can talk okay. full point PPR. I've usually got half point PPR in the brain. That seems to be the standard these days. But, uh, you know, full point, I mean, I just... I think I'd have him back to back Yeah, it's as much a bet. I mean, that's even that's a bet on the Cardinals you more than it's a bet on Connor. It's a bet on the Cardinals versus the Lions rather than Connor versus Swift. Right. But I feel like we're talking about a dude, okay, who is Connor the dude throw out hmm. we're yeah, we're gonna do the dude. Uh <laughs> if we throw out last week, which is obviously like amazing, right? But mm-hmm. they had no DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. no Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. They leaned on James Conner. It was a winning combination, and San Francisco is never as good as what, for some reason, everyone always thinks they are. Okay, fine. But before that, he only had one game over 20 fantasy points in full point PPR. Now, he's a right. solid 14-pointer, like, like 12 because of the to touchdowns, points. Brandon. But only because of touchdowns. So that's what right. I'm saying. Like, I actually do think I would take a lot of these dudes ahead of him because I think it's a little inconsistent uh, with so- Chase Edmonds out. I'm just saying, to me, it's that's why I'm saying RB2 because I do feel like there are other people. Yeah, but that- it changes now, Brandon. That That's what I think. I you know, that's the thing. You, you know, that was the first nine weeks with Edmonds. He was barely mm-hmm. like, can I fit him in as a flex play? He's only going to get, you know, eight touches maybe. He's not going to catch any balls, maybe one or two, and you're he was touchdown reliant. Now Edmonds is gone. It's mm-hmm. it's Connor's job. So forget what we saw and learned and knew the first nine weeks. Now all of a sudden we have that dream scenario of when you stash a running back on your bench. Now he's elevated. This is basically Alexander Madison, you know, yeah. if Dalvin Cook mm-hmm. went down. It's, yeah. oh, my God, Madison, we can't play him. But now Cook is gone and Madison's an RB1. Yeah, you know, it's, this is basically the way I'm viewing Connor, you know, going forward. He does have his bye week in a couple of weeks, so you're going to get these next two weeks of him, and hopefully, you know, Edmonds is, you know, not in the picture, like I said, coming back uh, after the bye week. But, um, you know, I, I think you have to view him in a completely different light going forward. Yeah, I'm on that page too because you know we've seen James Conner be an effective pass catching back, and mm-hmm. it's not like he was zeroed out of Arizona's passing game because he can't do it. It's because when you've got a guy like Chase Edmonds, how else are you going to use him? You right. have to use him in ways that suit his talents. But three years as the primary back in Pittsburgh. 
James Conner averaged a little better than 40 catches per season. So, I mean, and he, he looks too. great, too. And, like, he looks Eno, refreshed yeah. and, and healthy. And Eno Benjamin's, Eno Benjamin's not taking that away from him. No, no. No, and, no. And I think the Eno Benjamin talk is absurd. I'm just saying there's only four times all season that Chase Edmonds had double-digit carries. So it's not like he was getting like exorbitant amounts of carries either. I'm just saying that I don't know if the offense is going to support every week that kind of production. Now, he's a touchdown machine right now, uh, so we love that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I, I think I think it's going to be great. I just think that, you know, it's not going to be like last week. Last week was amazing. Well, I mean, yeah, like, last week. Like, and, James, and the funny thing about last week I mean, is nobody really, I mean, not nobody, but, I mean, I spoke to a ton of people, and you saw it all over Twitter. Yeah, great. James Conner's 40 points on my bench. Because going yeah. into the game, Edmonds oh, was totally. fine. He gets hurt yeah. in the first minute, first, and, yeah. and then it's the Conner show. <laughs> Uh-huh. Absolutely. And, I mean, and there's the no Kyler Murray, no DeAndre yep, Hopkins. Yep. You're like, uh oh, yeah. and uh-huh. they're at you know the San Francisco. So you're thinking to yourself, oh, yeah. this, this could be. This has a potential to be a bloodbath. We don't know what's going to happen here, but you know, yeah, no, totally. I yeah, I, San Francisco, what a hot mess. Here's a fun fact before we move on from this. Uh, I'm on uh, Pro Football Reference. You know, James Conner's middle name is Earl. You think he's named after James Earl Jones? That's a possibility. How about that? James Earl Connor. James, James Earl Connor. Yeah. James, maybe he's got the same sort name. of voice. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I, I want to um, go back to some players also that we saw in Week 9, similar to what we talked about with the teams. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I just want to ask you guys if what these this player did in Week 9 doesn't mean something to you. These Some of these guys had good performances. Some of them had bad performances. Does that performance mean anything to you for that player and maybe even the players around him? Going forward, All right, that's the game we're going to play here. First guy up, Justin Fields. We saw a big game or a big half from him in the second half for the Bears. Looked like a guy who was starting to figure things out in the NFL. Big play down the field to Allen Robinson. Maybe that's a sign of that finally waking up. Vaccaro, does Justin Fields week nine mean anything to you? Oh, it means it means a lot to me, Beller. Uh, and I know you're excited about what you saw on Monday <laughs> oh, yeah. night. You had to be excited. Uh, it looked like the training wheels were off. Um, getting him out of the pocket, rolling him out. Uh, you know, I they, unfortunately this team hits the bye week now. Right. But they come out of the bye week, and for the teams that I was contemplating, like, eh, what do I do? Like, I wasn't going to drop Justin Fields, at, you know, on high-stakes teams. So I'm just talking, to, you know, home leagues and stuff like that. Um, now you could safely keep Justin Fields. I think you have a special piece and a quarterback going forward that's playable. Whereas, you know, he was an afterthought these last six weeks where people were dropping him left and right and not playable. I... If you watch the game, you just saw it seem like it start to come together here. And, you know, he's got a decent connection with Mooney. Um, he hits Allen Robinson on that deep ball. Uh, I, I just I think it's just one of those situations where the rookie quarterback, he, he learned under fire for six weeks. He took his knocks and it's starting to come together now. I will be using him coming out of the bye, uh, you know, going forward. He's taken off and running now too, Brandon. You know, like that—that that helps us in the fantasy game. Yeah, um, I just feel like this time of year, like there's, we've already established like good productive quarterback play on a lot of our teams. So like, I don't want to say he missed the mark, but like it just isn't as uh, relevant. I, I think he's like, you know, if I could have him and and I do actually, I think I do have one league where I do have him and Joe Burrow. I would just play the matchups. 
you know, whereas I wouldn't have even touched him before. So to me, that's a that's a huge upgrade, frankly. Uh, <laughs> but his touch- last two weeks have made me feel better. But uh, I think he's a, he's a good, you know, matchup play. But I do still think that he has Matt Nagy as a head coach. I do still think that um, certain defenses are going to give him a lot of trouble. And I just think that you just got to be smart with rookie quarterbacks in general. And I don't think it's enough of the – full training wheels off feeling great feeling that I guess that you two are feeling which is fine Uh, I just think he's a streamer I'll say this um I'm a huge Matt Stafford owner and for whatever reason I have Justin Fields as the backup on most of my Stafford teams so it's I have a Stafford Fields connection and Mm -hmm. I've been you know planning ahead saying to myself all right Stafford's gonna be not be there week 11 and I'm looking and I'm like oh Justin Fields when he comes out of the pot he's got the Ravens which now looks like a really good matchup. But I was like, eh, I'm going to have to make a move here. I'm not going to start Fields versus that Ravens. My mind completely flipped after watching what I saw on Monday night. Yeah. I'm not even looking at the wire. It's it's I'm putting Fields in as my Stafford replacement. So for you people listening, if you're the Matt Stafford owner and Fields is available, coming out of the bye, um, I'd go right to Justin Fields versus that Ravens defense at home um, You know, uh, for that matchup. That touchdown pass to Darnell Mooney that briefly put the Bears up. I mean, that's a that's a that's a quarterback intuition sort of thing. He, he oh, threw yeah. that threw Mooney open. Mooney was nowhere near open. He put it in a place where he knew he Mooney 100%. could adjust to it, and it's either a touchdown or an incomplete. And just Any, the savvy and the smarts on that sort of throw, uh, I think, really speaks to the sort of player that Justin Fields is becoming right now. Hundred percent. And and I was even more impressed with that downfield throw over the middle to uh, Cole Komet in uh, mm-hmm. in between two defenders. And I said, all right, that's a big time. Uh, uh, yep. that's a big time throw sure. right there I, I like I said training wheels are off I think this kid's uh you know a low-end QB1 rest of season all right Brandon can I interest you at all in a Mark Ingram coming off nine carries and five targets in week nine back feeling good with the Saints a team that has Alvin Kamara and nothing is that anything that interests you yeah I think he's a he's a nice solid flex moving forward and he was not rosterable before that so again, maybe I'm just doing baby steps and everyone else is all in on things, but I'm like, <laughs> no, that, that, that streamer I mean, and flex. Like you said, Yay! not, not, uh, not rosterable before that to someone who you could consider for a starting spot. I mean, that's a, that's a big step. That's a big, big baby. You're talking about if that's a baby. Step. I think so. It's a bit, it's my size baby. Cause I'm a gigantic baby. So yes, it is a, my size baby step. Um, but yes, I do believe based off of the offense and who is there currently that they will be using Mark Ingram pretty consistently in both the running and passing game. It won't be obviously massive numbers. Alvin Kamara is amazing, right? So that's not an issue, but they work well together. The two running backs, the offense understands what the roles are. I'm, I'm yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I see it the same way. I mean, it just seems like, you know, he, he goes back home. He's comfortable in this spot and Peyton, you know, likes this one, two combination take a little bit of the load off Kamara's back. Um, I think you're going to get stuck with some, unless he it gets in the end zone on some weeks. Um, I don't think he's going to be catching five balls every week, you know, and chipping in in PPR leagues. Like that's a, that's a serviceable flex spot. Desperation RB2 start right there, Mark Ingram, if these are going to be his stat lines. You know, you give me 10 PPR points here. But I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, 10 carries for 35 yards, 10 carries for 45 yards. And, and like I said, if he doesn't get in the end zone, it's dead points, you know. Uh, but yeah, 
you know, he's definitely rosterable. He's There's playing a chance. 35, 34% of the snaps. It's not like it's, you know, 18, 20% or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. he's still working his way on. I think that's actually a pretty decent percentage for a, a running back flex play. There's a chance maybe they feel they have to pull it back a little on Kamara. I mean, the guys touched the ball at least 20 times in all the yeah. one game this season. So maybe they feel they got to pull it back a little. They're also in this weird sort of island spot in the NFC, right, where we have this just super top-heavy conference, five teams who we know are absolutely, no doubt about it, going yeah. to the playoffs and absolutely, no doubt about it, legitimate Super Bowl contenders. And then you've got this bottom part of the conference that sucks. And then there's the Saints who are like, obviously, right if they're closer to anything, they're closer to the sucks part. But, like, they're probably a cut above some of those teams, too. It's like they're, they're the one team just operating on this island. And so uh, I, can't, I can't figure them out, Beller. It, oh my God, you described course. them perfectly because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it was my biggest um, season bet um, over-under. You know, I like to play, the, you know, like you do, uh-huh. Beller, the, you know, the over-unders, team totals for certain teams. That was my biggest play um, for an under this year and I'm probably going to lose it the way it looks like but then you see a game where you're like all right this is the team I thought I was betting on that was going to suck I thought they would be a five-win team coming into this season they go and lay an egg and hurt survivor leagues I actually took them in my one of my big survivor leagues and got eliminated um and you know they go and lay an egg versus a Falcons team that they should have beat up uh, at home so like you said, they're not the elite of the NFC. They will never crack that top five. I just didn't expect them to be that sixth or seventh C team. I, I don't. I don't really know what they are. Yeah. So. Yeah. We don't. We don't have time to talk about it now. But just yeah. it's gonna. The, the NFC West is gonna be fascinating. The Cardinals Rams battle, as far as the NFL playoffs, is just gonna be wild because one of those teams right. is going to win the division, get at the very least a home game against a team they're much better than, and maybe even the bye. And the loser is going to have to go on the road to play like the Cowboys or the Packers. I saw that as of <laughs> like now. Gonna, yeah, yeah, I saw as of if the playoffs, if if the season ended today, the Rams would open up versus the Cowboys. I'm like, whoa! That either of those two teams could represent right. the NFC in the Super Bowl. It's crazy. And the, and, the, and obviously, you know, there's buys and they play here, and some and not every team's had their buy. But then and the Cardinals right now are in position to have the buy. I mean, that is a massive difference. A buy in the first round versus at Cowboys in the yes. first round. I mean, Huge. that NFC West is going to be uh, it's going to be a very fun race to watch uh mm-hmm. carol let's flip this one to you first brandon Ayuk, two meaningful games in a row this last one a very big game did not get written out of the game plan after he fumbled and he did this alongside mm-hmm. strong games from george kittle and debo samuel as well how strongly is he back in the picture if he's back in the picture at all for you strongly back in the picture solid wide receiver three moving forward uh the pieces have all come back together now uh the snap rates up uh Six for 89 and a touchdown. He's getting his targets, eight targets in this offense. And here's the the best part about this is I think you can rely on him heavily. The defense is absolutely brutal. They're going to be in high scoring games playing from behind. They only have three targets in this offense. It's Samuel. It's uh, Kittle now that he's back healthy. And it's Ayuk. They really have nothing else. So um, I think he's a solid wide receiver three fantasy start. Uh, week in and week out and the people that held on to him they're gonna have to uh, look themselves in the mirror and say all right I think I could go back to him going forward yeah all right I did it I made it to a point where he's actually usable again Uh, (laughs) Brandon you feeling the same way about you can actually let me also spin this to you Uh, you know with if this team falls any farther out of playoff contention 
it might not be too long before we see Trey Lance. How would that change oh, yeah. the way you look at Ayuk and I guess the whole offense in general? Um, I don't have anything positive to say about the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> so I don't. I've been saying for weeks on the show that I think Kyle Shanahan's job is on the hot seat and should be. It's got to be, yeah. That was a disgrace this past week, what they did. His Super Bowl year was a long time ago, and he hasn't had a winning season since. I do not understand why every year people are like, no, they're a good team. They just have injuries. Which team in the National Football League does not have injuries? Can you raise your hand? (laughs) Who are you? Oh, that's right. There are none. I think that the excuses have gone on way too long, and that's why Brandon Ayuk stays on my bench Um because I do not trust this offense moving forward. I don't like them versus the Rams next week. I might play him at the Jags. I mean, to me, okay, like I'm okay putting him in. If you held on to him this long, then you clearly need him. No one held mm-hmm. on to Brandon Ayuk this long if they did not mm-hmm. need him on their yeah, that's team. that's a good point. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, yeah, sure. Then you play him at the Jags. Of course, of course, right? At Seattle, I mean, hello. You know, you just, you, you, you do what you need to do. I don't have a problem with that. But do I trust Kyle Shanahan? Do I trust this offense? Do I trust who the quarterback's going to be? No. I actually think it's better having George Kittle back because it, it takes away some of the attention. Yeah, I do too. Um, from but I, I, I also think they need Jimmy Garoppolo there uh, a little more, uh, you know, to support, uh, you know, an Ayuk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm worried. Definitely. But I think, we're, I think we're one him. more loss away. I think once they get blown out by the Rams this week, I think Trey Lance will be starting the following and if week. And Shanahan, if Shanahan's job is on the hot seat, too, like, doesn't he have to be like, to. Yeah, this was my guy. This was like, I staked my future on Lance. Like, I need to show mm-hmm. the front office what me and him can do together over these yeah. last seven games of the season or I'm gone. And Isn't that there that story going me. around, though, making the, the rounds that Shanahan wanted Mac Jones and uh, Lynch and the front office wanted Trey Lance? And yes. that's why that's why Shanahan's like refusing to play Trey Lance. <laughs> it, you know, it's like a spite move, and it, you know, uh, Trey Lance isn't Shanahan's guy. But I, 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 yeah. you never know what's going on behind closed right. doors. Yeah, like, like we are, we are now like we're way too far down a rabbit hole to be drawing mm-hmm. anything fantasy relevant I, from. I, I will Except say this: that though, if Trey Lance goes in, that's a problem for fantasy. Yeah. Oh, well, that's in terms true, of what, the receivers like, or Lance? Because I, I was just going to say I would start picking up my Trey Lance shares again and stashing him because I think you're going to look up week 13, 14, and Trey Lance is going to be in there at quarterback. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I'm saying that, like, for everyone else, though, I I, I think it's going to be very bumpy ride because he's a rookie. And, again, that's not even that's not even a judgment on Trey Lance. I always want to be really clear when I say this thing. It's just that, like, a rookie quarterback takes time, takes energy. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. gone now. Again, we're in the double-digit weeks, and he hasn't mm-hmm. been the guy. So yep. he hasn't prepared as the guy. Uh, and yep. I know that they all say that they're always prepared to go in, you know, whatever. Of course, of course, of course. But still, the, the offense is tailored around someone else, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's not about you and your preparation. It's about the team. So I just think that that's my problem with Brandon Ayuk moving forward is there's just too much uncertainty at every single level of this organization for him to ex- to get to the expectations we had for him as a talent, which, by the way, he is a talent. Again, not a. this is not a judgment of Brandon Ayuk. It is sure. the circumstances not good. 
All right, we've got a, a show that's wrapping up and a couple more guys who I definitely want to get in. So, Brandon, you take this one first. Another dud of a game for Cortland Sutton. And this is a game where the Broncos put up 30 points and just got nothing from Cortland Sutton. One catch, two targets, nine yards. He seems to be doing nothing when Jerry Judy is healthy. Can you even start Cortland Sutton right now? I don't think he's a cut, but can you start him? Oh, I would think about it again. Uh, but yeah, this is this is another team kind of like Cincinnati, but without a great Joe Burrow where I wasn't uh, I did not believe that it could support three wide receivers and underestimating Tim Patrick is to everyone else's detriment. Tim Patrick should be a stud wide receiver on a football team. Him being a wide receiver three in Denver makes zero sense. Um, and the problem is, is that Jerry Judy has really taken a lot of this spotlight from Sutton um, injury or no I mean, obviously, there's a lot of, you know, backstory to that. Uh, but, yeah, the problem is the offense does not support it. They are a team that likes to use two running backs a lot. So it's just tough. I just think that your expectations of him being a wide receiver one or even a wide receiver two, I think, are mixed. I think he's a wide receiver three or flex, and you need to consider other options. There are some good players out there, so I'm totally fine with that. Chris, Sutton for you. Yeah, he's, he, I wouldn't be putting him on my bench, but, you, you know, it, it looked like a month ago, like, okay, wow, he could be a borderline, you know, wide receiver one, uh, you know, wide receiver two, low end, uh, the way he was rolling for a little bit. And now, you know, you got to drop him down the, you know, you know, drop him down a notch to like wide receiver three flexed uh, play territory. There's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. Uh, Brandon just hit on it. You know, they feed their two running backs a ton of touches. Judy back in this offense. The thing that be was a little concerning for me was that, you know, Noah Fant didn't play this past week and Sutton still mm-hmm. laid an egg. Uh, I know they got up big and they took their foot off the gas a little bit and went more run heavy, but, uh, you know, you, it's not your problem when you're throwing out uh, Cortland Sutton and expecting uh, some decent numbers from him. So uh, wide receiver three rest of the way. I'm going to put a couple of running backs together here to save some time because uh, they're both interesting. They do it in different ways. They did what they did in week nine in different ways. Jordan Howard, 17 carries, 71 yards, and a pair of touchdowns. Seemed to maybe edge his way in front of Boston Scott in a Miles Sanders list Philadelphia backfield. Kenyon Drake, eight targets, caught six of them for 70 yards and just seems to be playing a slightly more important role in the offense uh, with Rich Bisaccia at the helm and with Greg Olson calling the plays. So, uh, Vaccaro, take, uh, take either one of those backs and then Brandon why don't you take the other one and just uh, let's judge where these guys are going forward uh, I'll take Kenyon Drake sorry Brandon you could get Jordan Howard um, <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll talk PPR leagues Kenyon Drake's an RB2 uh, rest of season for me uh, the way you know six catches 70 yard 13 fantasy points right there and that's without even getting himself involved in the run game and uh, it's just in PPR leagues, you look for guys like that. You know, if you're if you're weak at an RB2 spot and you can fill in a, a Kenyon Drake, a J.D. McKissick type that's going to catch these five, six balls. And Drake has been consistent in the past game and he finds himself in the end zone here and there. So, yeah, 10 to 15 PPR fantasy points in an offense like the Raiders. And he's getting the you know, he's getting on the field a good enough uh, um, amount to be playable. I think Drake's here to stay as a as a RB two, and I think that uh, Jordan Howard is a solid flex, maybe more. He almost doubled his 
percentage of snap count from week eight to week nine. Mm-hmm. Gainwell went down to 19% of the snaps. Boston Scott was at 14, 44%. Um, but there's a major shift happening here, even just in terms of snap count. So um, I also think this is a little bit of a, a concerning moment for all the Miles Sanders believers out there. Yeah. Um, other people score fantasy points for the Eagles. and But I don't know if it's his fault or not. Again, I, 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 this isn't it. I, just for whatever reason, whenever Miles Sanders is out there, the offense does not go to him. Um, I would consider... Uh, thinking about that a little bit deeper. But I think it's fine for a flex for Jordan Howard, and I feel weird saying it, but it's true. It's crazy. <laughs> it really is crazy. I mean, and look at, at what they've done. This look guy... at what the Eagles have done also. Yeah. Uh-oh, was that Jordan Howard at the door? Yeah, it was yeah. Jordan Howard. He's, he's looking to... He's yeah. like, I'm here. That's right. I'm here to be in your flex spot, baby. Hey, put me, yeah, in, my, put me in an RB too. Thank you for the kudos. Uh, yeah, This Eagles team, too, I mean, they have become, over the last month or so, the most run-heavy team in neutral game situation in the NFL. So that's going to play to Jordan Howard's benefit as well, so long as he is out there. And it seems like he's going to be out there quite a bit. We've been out there carries. quite a bit. Unbelievable. 17 carries for Jordan Howard. That's just that's the world we're living in. It's like we're re- rewinding a couple of years to those early days for him in Chicago, but uh, no more rewinding, guys. We've got to fast forward and wrap things up here on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. For Chris Figueroa, for Brandon Marianne Lee, I am Michael Beller. Guys, thanks for letting me fill in for Nando on a Wednesday. I'm just Yay! doing this Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, but it's fun. It was Not a just pleasure. To you guys to it talk was to a you pleasure guys. having you, Beller. Yeah, it was a pleasure being here with you and a pleasure being with all of you listeners as well. Thanks so much. We're back on Thursday. Me, Brandon Funston, and Jake Seeley breaking down Week 10 Fantasy Football Rankings. Until then, have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.